Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Before we begin, I want to remind you about our ad-free option. Go to It's a Good Life on the Apple Podcast app. You'll see a banner under the logo to remove ads and unlock early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life, and here's our man, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to It's a Good Life. Today's episode is we're all in sales, and here's how to be great at it. You know, sales is one of the most important professions in the world. Without sales, the free market system collapses. And throughout history, whenever free markets collapse, free societies collapse. So why is it that so many who practice such a noble profession often distance themselves from the term salesperson and will go to great lengths to be called anything other than a salesperson? The reason I believe is we've all experienced that bad salesperson and we hate the idea of being associated with that. Well, today we're going to unpack the three characteristics that make for a great salesperson. A desire to serve, the ability to consult, and the courage to ask. Let's dive in. The first major point we want to talk about sales is a desire to serve. Now, that is in contrast with so many people and how they go about sales today. Recently, I was over at a friend's house for dinner. Bev and I went over. Great friends of ours, been friends for 20 years. And they're currently in the midst of a major remodel. And so they're buying appliances and they're buying flooring and they're buying cabinets and they're, they're doing all the stuff it takes when you do a major remodel. And we're having conversations. And I sent a few referrals to them and whatnot. But as our friends were talking to us, they were describing their experience going to buy, whether it be the flooring or the cabinets or the appliances. And they said, it just seems like everybody's put out when you want to go buy from them. Like we're bothering people. So we kind of went to the people that we felt were, we were bothering the least. What a travesty. You know, sales is awesome. And when sales is done right, it's great. I am a lifelong salesman. It turns out I was a salesman from birth. And I've worked at my craft and gotten better at my craft over time. I love sales. I love salespeople. I love being sold too. I love to buy from a great salesperson. I hate buying and I won't buy from a bad salesperson, a transactional salesperson. And that's why the desire to serve is so important. The first thing I want to say about a desire to serve, it's all about your motivation. Let me say this. When somebody's just being transactional, you can spot it a mile away. You can just sense it. Like I I had an experience recently myself. I was looking at a major purchase, almost a $10 million purchase. And I went to meet with this person with my bride. This person had done no homework on us. They didn't know the first thing about us. They hadn't, I mean, I'm easy to find. I'm easy to find. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't ask my bride any questions. They just pitched what they had. They didn't ask what we were looking for. And we just walked through this process and it was purely transactional. So when the person finally asked for the order, there was nowhere to go. There was nowhere to go. I was like, no. And not only, no, I'm not buying this from you, But you had a chance to take me on as a client, but not a chance, not a chance. And I can speak to this because that person who didn't only do any research would never be listening to a podcast like this, but you are. And here's what I've said to many young people here lately that I believe it's easier to succeed today than at any time in history. 
that if you will have a desire to serve, good energy, an actual interest in people, become skilled, have the heart to give, and then not be transactional, I mean, forget about it. Throw a little hard work into the mix. It's over. It's easy to become successful today. And never has it been easier to be successful at the profession that has led more people to success than any other. And that's sales. Everything revolves around a sale. The free market system revolves around a sale. Nothing happens without a sale. Sales are awesome. And when they're done great, it's fabulous. I personally have done over a billion dollars in sales as a salesman. I'd never regretted one of those sales. And it turns out most of the people who ever bought from me have never regretted. You know, I've trained over 3 million people in our events. You want to know a wild stat? In 30 years of business, we've never had anybody who went to one of our live events after the event call back and say, that thing was no good. I want my money back. Now, there, there, there had to be some con artists that came up across our way in the last 30 years. But the fact of the matter is, I've been able to sell that event because I believe in it. I've been able to sell coaching because I believe in it so much because I've seen 27 years of people transforming their businesses and lives. When you find something that you believe in, that you know is true, and you really take an interest in people and what they really need, and you have that desire to serve, it's over. And so a desire to serve is where a great salesperson comes from first. Not technique, not closing, not asking. It starts with serving, no matter what you're selling. Albert Schweitzer, one of the greatest people who ever lived, says, if you truly desire happiness, seek and learn how to serve. Marion Williamson said, nothing liberates our greatness like the desire to help and the desire to serve. Aristotle, he goes back a little ways, and he said, the essence of life is to serve others and do good. The essence of life. That means that in the sales world, you can find the very essence of life. Serve others and do good. You see, service is an attitude of the heart. And that's why sales is a fabulous profession. And you can love it, and it'll love you back. That's the beauty of sales. You can love to sell, and it will love you back. The second thing I want you to think about as a desire to serve is that it's your vocation. Now, when it's your vocation, you don't think in terms of transactions. You think in terms of relationships. You think in terms of your calling. You think in terms of your passion. You think in terms of a legacy. You know, one of my favorite movies is Field of Dreams. Now, it's a very Americana movie, and it has a lot of connotations there around baseball and reconnecting with a father and a, a parent and all these great stories. It has a little mythological stuff in there. But there's a tiny subplot in the movie that's one of my favorite parts, and it's Burt Lancaster. And in this movie, Burt Lancaster was a kid who played baseball and um, never got a chance to play professionally, even though he was good enough. And he ended up becoming the small-town little doctor. He has the little bag, you know, the little medical bag. And when the main characters in the movie go to a local bar, they start telling all these stories about the doc. And basically, to that one community, he was just this invaluable person. He didn't reach the fame and fortune of a professional baseball player, which was his passion and desire but he became a small town doctor where he became probably the most important influential person in that whole community. That to me is what the vocation of sales looks like. When you do sales right and you have a desire to serve and your motivation from the heart is to serve people and you treat it like your vocation, now you're no longer being transactional. It's, I want to build a relationship. 
I want you to be so delighted with what you've purchased from me that you're going to tell all your friends. You're going to tell all your family. You're going to come back to see me again. Over and over again. You're like that small town doctor. You build a community of your customers. I've done this in my real estate career. I've done this with Buffini and Company's community today. We have tens of thousands of people in a sense of community who come together to our events all over the world. They come to our events. They come to our coaching program. They connect with one another. Now we have groups that will go on vacation together. They, we have them formulated in, in North America in small groups where approximately 500 groups of people, 10 to 12 business professionals, get together every month and brainstorm and share ideas and share one another's burdens. We've built this community. It's powerful stuff. Oh, by the way, we've tracked it to ourselves this amazing staff. Why? Because people don't want to be a part of something transactional. They want to have joy in their work. So we have people itching to come work here at Buffini Company. What's why we're rated as this great place to work every year. And I'm not doing the brag sheet. I'm trying to tell you where it comes from. A desire to serve. And what I've done is I've attracted clients who really enjoy being served by me and our staff. And I've attracted the kind of staff who really enjoy serving people. So it's your motivation. It's your vocation. The last thing is it's your reward. It's your reward. You know, I made a lot of money in real estate. Went from being a broke immigrant with a bunch of medical bills to a millionaire by the time I was 26. The fact of the matter is, I still think about my real estate career and my favorite things in real estate were not commission checks. I think of the keys I put in the hands of a first-time buyer. I think of an immigrant family that just wanted to have a piece of the rock. They wanted to believe they belonged in America. And I remember delivering them a set of keys. And I remember when I first met them, they thought, well, we can't afford this. We can't do this. There's no way. They just thought it was way out of whack. And we were able to help these folks and educate these folks and bring these folks along. I've helped people that when they came to me, they'd come out of a bankruptcy and they had terrible financial situation. And I stuck with them for years. Oh, they couldn't buy anything the day I met them because their credit was shot. They had no down payment. But I put them on a little plan and I gave them a book, The Richest Man in Babylon. I gave them tips on budgeting. And I check in with them about every 90 days to see how they were doing. And three years later, their credit cards paid off and they'd saved a down payment. And I put them in the car and started showing them houses. It was three years of investing in those people. And it wasn't the biggest commission. It wasn't the biggest sales I ever made. But I will tell you this, it's as rewarding as I can ever tell you. And this is, I can tell you, the story I'm telling you right now is 33 years old. And I can see the look on the people's face when I gave them the key, standing in front of that door, and they opened the door and walked into that home as a family. And that empty house that those folks eventually paid off, I helped them buy investment real estate. And before I sold my real estate practice, I helped their son buy a house. That is far more rewarding. I can't tell you how much I made, but I can tell you what I got paid. And a great salesperson, man, you get paid in more than money. Yes, I became a millionaire. Yes, I made a fortune. But I made a fortune blessing people. It's the motivation. It's the vocation. And it's ultimately, it's your reward. Jim Rohn says, whoever renders service to many puts himself in line for greatness. John Ruskin said, the highest reward for a person's toil is not what they get for it, but what they become by it. Brilliant stuff. So, It's a desire to serve. It's your motivation. It's your vocation. It's your award. Here's the second major point about being a great salesperson. It's the ability to consult. So I'm coming from a position of service, and now I'm going to consult. And how do I do that? Well, I'm going to ask great questions. And so first thing I want to do is isolate the problem. 
When you're a salesperson, you're trying to solve somebody's problem. You're trying to solve somebody's problem. And you're trying to isolate it. So you want to ask open-ended questions. Now, you could say that's a technique. For sure it is. But then you listen. And you're listening. And you're locking in. Steve Jobs says, if you define the problem correctly, you almost have the solution. I would say to people all the time, what's your fear or concern about the upcoming transaction? Let me ask you this. If I could wave a magic wand, and it's three, six months from now, and the best case scenario has taken place, what does that look like? Why are salespeople afraid to say that? Why sometimes people have unrealistic expectations? Okay, I'm happy to educate those. But how about I ask for their best? How about I let them dream a little bit? Maybe it's okay. In real estate, it was like, maybe this is, this is your second house you're talking about, or your third house. Hey, okay, if that's where you ultimately want to go, how can I help you get there? And so it's powerful stuff. You don't fix the problem until you define it, and you have to define the problem. That's a very, very powerful thought. The second thing you want to do is, in your ability to consult is you want to sort between fears, needs, and wants. Fears, needs, and wants. A fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the anticipation of pain, difficulty, or danger. One of the questions I asked, and again, my background was sales and real estate. Now, obviously, I'm 27 years in the coaching and training business, but I had a great a career in real estate, and I would ask people, what's your biggest fear or concern about the upcoming transaction? I would ask them, have you ever had a bad experience with the real estate agent? I would just write down exactly what they said, and they would tell me how to serve them. They would tell me, no, well, he didn't listen to us. You know, we felt rushed. You know, we just felt he was all about the commission, and he didn't really hear us. When we had a problem, we couldn't get him back on the phone. After he listed our home, he kind of disappeared and didn't show up until he tried to reduce our price. Okay. I'm hearing you. And so I'm going to listen to that stuff, okay? Or my fear might be, I'm going to get a bad deal. We're going to spend too much on this house. Or I'm going to buy a house that needs way too much repairs. Okay, great. So that's the fear. The next thing is, what's the want? The want is to feel a desire or to possess or do. It's a desire for something, okay? This is where you start to get into the emotions. And again, in the housing business, it's really easy. Like someone will go, look, I grew up in a house with a big backyard. And we had orange and lemons trees. And so now I'm showing them condos. And this person just feels a little out of sorts. And we start to walk through the process and work through the process. Now, either they're going to have to change their location because to get, you know, citrus trees where they're trying to look, they need to have more money than maybe they have. So are you willing to change location? No, I'm not willing to change location. Okay, well, then how about this? How about we make this in such a way that you make this a really good investment We think in terms of five years, and in five years, you parlay this into the house you really want in the location you really want, okay? And so that's okay. And sometimes when people know there's a plan, okay, I'm willing to wait. And then you need to know what the need is, okay? And a need is the essential or important things. I need my kids to be in a good school, all right? That's a big need. I need to have a shorter commute to work. I need to be near the ocean. All these kinds of things. What are the needs? Those are the kinds of things. So it's fears, wants, and needs. And you have to sort between those things. And you got to consult along the way. And then what you need to do is bring the customer to that winning solution as you consult, right? So it's like, this is where it starts to become, I've heard the problems, I've heard the concerns, and I've heard the desires. Now they need to know, okay, here's what's possible. And they need to hear that from you as a consultant. Here's what's possible. And so... You really want to help people get to that place. Fred Rogers said, what really matters is not just our own winning, but helping other people to win too, right? Win-win or no deal. That was 
Stephen Covey, one of the seven habits of highly effective people. Brian Tracy said, approach each customer with the idea of helping him or her solve a problem or achieve a goal, not of selling a product or service. And then uh, Patricia Fripp said, to build a long-term successful enterprise, when you don't close a sale, open a relationship. And that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. I have people who became some of my greatest advocates who it was a time in the market where everything was upside down and based on where they were at, they were feeling a certain way. And I sat with them, I walked them through the process and I would give them advice. You might be better off staying here. You know, this is a pretty good gig you got. And what you're trying to do might not be as feasible as you think after I explored all the opportunities with them. And so sometimes that person, when I didn't put their house on the market, became my greatest advocate. And they tell their friends, look, we asked him to sell our house and it turned out he offered us better advice to stay. And we're really happy we stayed. And so now these people would communicate. And what are they communicating? How much they trust me. Because I didn't take their money. I didn't just make a commission. That's because I was looking at it from a long-term perspective with that desire to serve. And then along with the consultation, I'm able to bring them to that winning solution. Now, one of the things we have on the It's a Good Life website is the ability for you to have this real strengths assessment. And one of those dynamics in the real strengths assessment is your selling style. Some people are motivators and some people are facilitators. I've done interviews with Rachel Yeaman on this subject. It's very, very powerful. The fact of the matter is you need to know what selling style you have. So that's a really beautiful, quick resource for you to take a short quiz online built on our Real Strengths technology, which is kind of our secret sauce on how we coach people. So check that out on the It's a Good Life website. Again, it's totally free and you can go check it out. It'll ask you a bunch of questions and it'll, it'll give you your selling style. And it'll kind of share with you some bullet points like, hey, here, here's how you leverage your selling style, but here's how you manage. So for example, motivators sometimes do a great job of educating the client. Facilitators do a great job of consulting with people. And so many times a facilitator will really educate the client, but sometimes they forget to ask for the order. Sometimes motivators forget to educate the client. So what do we need to do? The motivator needs to know, I need to do a good job of consulting and educating and then ask for the business. Similarly, the facilitator needs to know, okay, I've done a great job of educating. I'm waiting for them to make up their own mind. Sometimes people need a little nudge because making decisions is hard. So I need to make sure that I ask them to make a decision. And so very important to go through that. So the ability to consult, isolate the problem, sort between the fears, needs, and wants, and bring the customer to a winning solution. And that's where we get to our third major point, the courage to ask. I will say this, great salespeople ask and smile. I remember Mark Victor Hansen, who was a co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, who's become a good friend, spoken at our events. When I was first going into the seminar business, you know, I had this really funny presentation. And it was, you know, I'd tell my story of the immigrant from Ireland who's coming to America and got into real estate and they're trying to teach me cold calling and door knocking and all these high pressure sales techniques, which just weren't me and turned out weren't for most people. And I would tell kind of my own funny experience with that. If you've ever checked it out, go on YouTube and, and see Brian's story. You'll have a good laugh. And then you'll see I was fully black hair with a thicker Irish accent. It was really funny stuff. Worth a look. But the fact of the matter is, Mark Victor, when I was first talking to him and I was in the speaking business, he goes, you know, Brian, when you're really funny and entertaining all the way through your speech, make sure you're really funny and entertaining when you ask for the order. And it was brilliant because all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, now is the thing. This is the big drop. This is the big moment of truth. 
This is really what I'm after. So my tone changes and whatever changes. And the truth of the matter is you, got, you just got to be consistent. If you've done a good job, you brought people to natural conclusions. But now you need to have the courage to ask. And what are you asking for? Well, you're asking for three things. The first thing is for the commitment. Sometimes the commitment is, hey, I want to really serve you and I want to help you. Are you willing to have me serve you? And, and are we going to make an agreement that you're going to be my client and I'm going to be your service provider? Okay? So you want to ask for the commitment. Jack Canfield, again, he says, if you're not moving closer to what you want in sales, you're probably not doing enough asking. The great proverb says, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And then actress Vanessa Redgrave said, ask the right questions if you're to find the right answers. The second thing you want to have the courage to ask is ask for the order, ask for the sale. You need to do that. You need to bring people to the proper conclusion. That's why they're talking to a salesperson. Okay, the reason they're talking to a salesperson is they're interested in buying something. And you need to enjoy that process. You need to embrace that process. You want to sell something, enjoy the process of selling. You know, for all the stories I just told you and putting the keys in the hands of the people and helping somebody get over their credit for years, I have thousands of these stories. Let me say this. I used to have an old school briefcase and it were paper contracts. I'm dating myself now. But let me tell you this. My favorite sound was putting the contract in that briefcase and then click, click, and I'd carry that briefcase into the car. And it was just like, yeah, that was great. I loved it. I loved the feeling of that. And so you got to ask for the order. You got to ask for the sale. Now, from the National Sales Executive Association, well, here's some stats. 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect. 48. So that's half. This is why it's easier to succeed than ever before. I'm talking about they never follow up one time. Somebody raises their hand in the air. I'm interested. And by the way, when the market gets raging hot and then cools off a little, people get into terrible bad habits. Well, this person looked at the house. This person looked at what I have to offer. This person looked at my services. And then they didn't buy. I'm on to the next. Well, what a lousy attitude that is towards sales. And that's why 50% of people don't follow up even one time. 25% of salespeople make a second contact and stop. 12% of salespeople make three contacts and stop. That's solid. 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts as a follow-up. Now, let's talk about how people buy. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. Now, I want you to think about this. So about half the salespeople don't follow up. That means they have 50% of the people shooting for 2% of sales. Now, you don't have to be a math major to figure this out. You have 50% of salespeople who don't follow up with a prospect and only 2% of prospects buy on an initial conversation with the salesperson. 3% of sales are made after the second. 5% of sales are made after the third. 10% of sales are made after the fourth. 80% of sales are made on the fifth to 12th contact. 80%. Now, I will say the more expensive in product and service that you sell, the more likely it is it requires that many follow-ups. Uh, so you just got to keep following up and be respectful and be courteous and do it in a service-oriented way. But understand the people, the bigger the decision, they need a bit more time making the decision. 80% of the sales are made after the fifth contact. And that's why I tell people all the time, I tell my kids all the time, I tell my family all the time, I tell young people all the time, it's easier to succeed than ever before. Why? Because half the people don't even bother following up one time. So if you have a desire to serve and the ability to consult and the courage to ask, you're going to crush it. You're going to be a great salesperson. You're going to be able to sell and smile.
Smile because you enjoy it. Smile because you're serving. And smile because you're making a boatload of money. All good reasons to smile. The last thing and most important thing to ask for and the courage to ask is ask for the referral. Now, I've made my fortune asking for referrals. I've made my fortune teaching people how to generate referrals. I built one of the most successful podcasts. And here's the thing. I'm not an Instagram guy. I'm, you know, there's, we have Instagram stuff, but I'm not an influencer. You know, I'm an old school sales guy. We built this podcast and we've had 20 million downloads of this podcast. And the vast majority of it has been done because you who like this podcast, share it with a friend. And we've asked you, hey, if you like this podcast, if this was a good episode, can you share it with a friend? And that's what I'll ask you to do today. If you really like this stuff, Share it with a friend. So I'm going to ask you for the referral. Mark Zuckerberg, right? Mr. Meta, Mr. Facebook said a trusted referral is the holy grail of advertising. Percy Ross, famous entrepreneur, said, you've got to ask. Asking, in my opinion, is the world's most powerful and neglected secret to success and happiness. Zig Ziglar said, if people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. The great Therese Buffini, she used to say, a dumb priest never gets a parish. What do you mean by that? If you don't ask, you don't get it. And so what happens is we've got a desire to serve. We have consulted. We've earned the right to ask. And then if people are ready, they're ready. And if they're not, you keep serving. And you keep serving. And then they're either your cup of tea or you're their cup of tea or you're not. But we're going to keep following up. We're going to keep being respectful. And so that's what I'm going to encourage you to do. I love sales. I love great salespeople. I love buying from a great salesperson. I remember one time, I was on the road, some of my luggage got lost, and I went into Chicago. And I needed to buy a suit and shirt and a a tie, because I had an event coming up in a day. And I ran into an old school salesman. About three hours later, and I like, when I shop, I'm like a hunter, in, out, gone. I bought three suits, I bought about a dozen shirts, I bought about 10 ties, 10 pairs of socks, a pair of shoes and a belt. And I loved every minute of it because the guy was a pro and he saw my need and he helped me out. And it was a delight to spend money with him. It was a delight. Now, if you're sitting here today and man, I'd love to be better at sales and I'd love to love what I do. And I'd love my customers to love buying from me and I'd love to make a fortune. Then maybe what you need to do is get better at it. And the best way you can get better at it is get coached by the best coaching company in the world. And we've been doing it for 27 years. We average increase in people's income by a tenfold factor over the years. So when you're getting your real strengths assessment, which is that beautiful free assessment, why don't you go right next to it and click on getting a free business consultation by one of the amazing staff at Bavini Company. And watch this. Watch how they'll follow up with you. But they'll, they'll follow up with you because they're actually consultants. And they'll tell you what we have that fits you or doesn't. And so watch those folks. I'm very proud of our sales staff. Because they're not pushy salespeople at all. They're great business consultants. They'll follow through. They'll find your need. And if we're not the solution, they'll even point you in the direction where that exists. So I hope you've enjoyed this today. Boy, I've enjoyed talking to you about it. I love sales. And the person that kind of prompted me to do sales on my life was my mom. You know, right now, she's at the care home. In, and I won't give the name out for her privacy reasons. But it's this beautiful place on the south side of Dublin. And she loves the people. She tells to me, the staff, they must take lessons in kindness. She loves the place. They're caring. They're caring for my dad, who's not doing so well. And they are caring with her. And every time a prospect comes into this facility now, 
It's true as I'm sitting here. They bring her by Therese Buffini. So you'll have the person who's probably coming in to check out the care home with their family. The family's really making the decision. They just want mom or dad to be good with it. And who do they bring it to? Therese Buffini. Because she loves the place. She sees the value in the place. She'll tell them what it's not as well. But she'll tell them what it is. And every time they stroll somebody by Therese Buffini, she's a great advocate. Now, she turns to me all the time. She goes, you're not, they're not paying me to do this, you know. And my mom, she'd have been a great commission salesperson if she could have. But she sells that place all the time because she believes in it. I hope you have a desire to become a great salesperson. In my book, it's the greatest profession in the world. It requires the desire to serve, the ability to consult, and the courage to ask. So I'll leave you with that great salesperson, Therese Buffini, because she's going to sell you right now on an Irish blessing. Thanks for joining me. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.